Hi, and welcome to the Happier You podcast. I'm your host, Bonna Normando. I started this podcast with the goal to inspire people to stop comparing their lives to others and start focusing on making their own journey unique, authentic, and happier. I thought, what if there's a voice out there encouraging people to find happy in their regular everyday lives? Instead of thinking happiness is something to be purchased, earned, or only for a select few. Each episode is meant to deliver a little bit of sunshine, as well as to challenge and inspire you. I'm inviting you on this journey to find the happier you. Hey, happy people, and welcome back. Today, we're talking about mindfulness. Before I get into today's topic, I just want to remind you guys that my new happiness course is launching on Saturday, April 22nd. So you have until Friday to sign up for it. But after Friday, enrollment is closed. It's a six-week course where you're going to learn and implement easy, actionable, bite-sized habits and mental shifts. These will put you in control of your life and your happiness. I'm not only going to do a deeper dive into the happiness tools I present in this course, but then I'm going to walk you through implementing them in your day-to-day life. It's awesome, you guys. If you've done one of my happiness challenges before, it's way beyond that. It's so cool. I hope I see you guys over at the course. You can sign up at thehappieryou.net forward slash foundations. All right. So today's topic is, will someone please help me figure out this mindfulness thing? You know, I'm still on my own journey figuring this stuff out, right? And when I come across something I don't understand or that makes me uncomfortable, I can maybe avoid it or ignore it for a while, but then I need to figure it out. It nags at me until I'm ready to come back to it. So today's episode is something a little different than I've done before. A while ago, I asked a friend of mine, Kara Braun, to help me unlock or learn more about mindfulness. Because if you've ever heard me talk about self-compassion, it has three parts to it, self-kindness, mindfulness, and then understanding that it's all part of the shared human experience. Well, I've been working on self-compassion for a while, but the mindfulness part of the whole process is where I felt supremely lacking. When I asked my friend Kara to have this chat about mindfulness with me, it was early in our friendship, and I'm embarrassed to say now that I did know that Kara is a registered psychotherapist here in Ontario where we live, but I did not know that she actually teaches mindfulness. <laughs> it makes me laugh now because I feel embarrassed that I didn't know this at the time. I think I'd known how much of an expert she was. I would have been too embarrassed to ask her for help. Weird, right? She's exactly the expert that I should be going to, but I'm intimidated by experts until I'm ready to ask educated questions. And I especially get intimidated by experts face-to-face. So imagine this, I'm going into this conversation just wanting to pick her brain about mindfulness and to leave with some tips and tricks to try out on myself. And you know me, I love my tips and tricks, checklists. However, we can break this down into a step process that I can work on and improve. So I went into this as a casual conversation, hoping to pick Kara's brain. But remember I said she's a therapist and she teaches mindfulness, right? It ended up being a bit of a coaching session. (laughs) So I thought I'd share it with you today. This is not an interview. Kara didn't know at the time that I was going to use this material. But after I listened to it again, I asked her if it was okay if I could share it with you. And she said, sure, go for it. So this is a very laid back conversation with my friend Kara as she essentially coaches me through learning about mindfulness. I've started being more self-compassionate, I believe, but I think what I'm missing is that mindfulness part is the whole 
What does that mean? Like sitting with those feelings. So I, I wanted your take on that. And what, what does that mean? And how do I work on it? Well, I'm going to ask first, what, what does it mean for you? Like, where does it land for you? Where does your mind go? What do you think she's talking about? Okay. So when I first read about this whole self-compassion thing, you know, she talked about putting her hand over her heart and just acknowledging and putting words to what she was feeling. Like this feels awful, or I'm frustrated. This hurts. Personally, I say, this sucks. I hate going through this. So for me, I feel like that's the first level of mindfulness is just pausing and acknowledging what I'm going through as opposed to the younger version of me that would have just been like, suck it up, buttercup, let's go. You know, it is what it is. Let's, let's move on kind of thing. So I think I'm at like level 0.5 of mindfulness. So I'm just wondering if, is there another step to mindfulness? Should I feel more in my body? Is there like a a three-step system that I can go through? (laughs) I just, I feel like, I feel like I've graduated beyond just the first level of self-compassion. And now I want to get more in touch with what I'm feeling and how to help myself through it is basically what I'm wondering if there's something there that I'm missing. Give me one other example. Like what would, what would happen in real life where you're like, okay, Kristen would say to do this, but I'm not sure if I'm doing it right or doing enough of it. Got your hand in your heart and you're like, this sucks. I think for me, it's what I'm learning to do with it is like, this sucks. And I'm allowed to feel like this. I think that's the other part that I'm learning is, you know, I, I've realized it starts to bug me when people say, you're fine, you're okay. And I'm like, how about you're gonna be okay? And it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Like what I started to realize is, I don't like being told what to feel or how to feel, or that I have to move on. I'm also sometimes scared of, or don't know how to label it. Like, you know, the sort of perfectionist side of you needs to label this right. And right now I say, this sucks a lot. Because that's, that's the only way I know how to, dis- I don't like this feeling like, you know, the stomach tightens, I feel stress, and I, I want to move through it. And I, I understand that I need to acknowledge it, to deal with it. But then I don't know, am I dealing with it and moving through it the right way? Okay, so I think that that's a really important piece. Because you're identifying, okay, I've been, I've got, I've heard this message, it resonates, it feels like a good idea. I'm doing it to the extent that I know how to do, I'm stopping and just taking a moment to pause and say, this sucks. But then it feels like there's something more, right? It feels like that's not totally fixing the problem. It's interesting that you say it, put it that way. Is that fixing the problem? Well, I, I actually think that I am bouncing back from disappointment and failure faster because I'm nurturing myself through it. So So I think it works to some extent. I'm worried that maybe if I'm not going deep enough, because that's as comfortable as I am right now, like, you know, just, just acknowledging that this sucks. But maybe for personal growth standpoint, is there another sort of level of mindfulness? I would say for sure there is. And my questions are part of the 
the methodology of the system I work with, which is to find out where the person is at. So I'm just like giving you a little bit of insight into my process. I'm probing. Find out where you are at, which is really relates to one of my favorite educational pieces, which is about working with what we call the zone of proximal development. Okay. So it's finding out that spot where the person knows enough that they're ready for the next step but they're not at the next step. And so my job as the teacher is to figure out where are they exactly? Because if I say, okay, here's the next step, but it's actually 10 steps ahead, then they're not going to get there or it's not going to be interesting or it's going to be frustrating. And if I start here, but actually they're already here, then same thing. It's going to be frustrating, not rewarding. So it's about figuring out what do you know and what are you ready for? Yeah, because I don't know where I'm at. I just know I'm not there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're figuring out where you are today so that then we know what's next for you. Okay, so we can dive in mindfulness. Tell me what you, how you understand mindfulness. So my very basic understanding of mindfulness is being present in the moment as much as I can. And as much as I can, I think is my adding on to it. Yeah, just really being aware of where I'm at and what I'm feeling and thinking, as opposed to worrying about what's next and other consequences. That's my understanding of it, being fully there. Right, fully there. Yeah, I would agree. So then the question is, well, how do we, how do we know, how do we get fully there? What does that mean? So again, to try and take a really big topic, the system that I work with, which is Unified Mindfulness, We talk about mindfulness really, like even to say being present, it's like, okay, well, what is that? What does that look like? And how do I do that? UM talks about mindfulness being simply about training three core attentional skills. So that's all it is. It's not a state. It's just a system of training. And what we're working on when we're practicing mindfulness, practicing meditation is building these three core attentional skills. And the three skills are concentration, sensory clarity, and equanimity. So concentration is just your ability to focus and be present, as Mm -hmm. you would say, to whatever the task is in front of you. Uh, And if it's meditation, and we've chosen focus range, like, okay, what am I going to focus on in this meditation? Then the concentration is just about sticking with the task, which we all know is really hard. Right, right. That's what I, and that's what people, many people will say, I can't meditate because I can't concentrate or I get distracted or I can't focus. And it's like, doesn't mean you can't meditate. That just means that's your starting point. And there's never a perfect end point or a perfect state. But that's the practice. That's what we're doing. We're practicing concentration and practicing building that skill, which I think is a nice way to look at it. It sort of shifts the focus, right? It's not about this end state. It's just engaging in this practice. So concentration. And then if I were teaching, I would say, can you think of an example where having more concentration would have been a good thing? (laughs) And nobody has anything that they can think of. (laughs) That's right. Can you think of a situation where not having great concentration got in the way of you achieving your goal? Sensory clarity is 
building our capacity to pay attention to fine details and to be able to notice what's going on. And that can be physically or it can be in an interaction, can be in a, okay, why aren't I getting to my goal? Hmm, Isn't that interesting? What's going on here? The parsing apart, the, you know, the zooming in to look at all the, the details with as much detail as you can. And there's endless, like you can just, there's always, always more and more to look at that sensory clarity. And that would come into play in a situation where you say, this sucks. Then I would say, okay, so let's look at the details of that. Because <laughs> often that feeling of this just sucks, or this is totally overwhelming, or just this feels bad is sort of the best that we can come up with to summarize, you know, whatever the feeling is, just a like stuckness or a badness or a but sensory clarity allows us to sort of break it apart and say, okay, so what is, what is sex today? What is going on? Which can be a bit cognitive. Okay. So what are the pieces here, but also just emotionally and physically, what does this feel like? Hmm. You know, my belly feels terrible. Okay, well, what happens if I get really interested in that terribleness for three minutes? Like, what are the fine details here? Oh, it's actually in this quadrant, or it's over here, and then there's a tightening here. And oh, now I'm noticing it's actually shifting a little bit, or it, it, there's a flow to it, whatever. Sometimes in just paying attention and noticing there's often a phenomenon of relief just in that process. I sort of think of it as like a little kid sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. you just give them a little bit of attention, even to what may appear to be unwanted behavior. It allows the situation to sort of relax, takes the air out of it. I would ask the same questions. Can you think of an example where having more clarity about what was going on would have been helpful? or where not having enough clarity got in the way of something not going as well as it could have. I think for me, it would just feel like I'm going deeper, like the hand over the heart and saying, this sucks is that, like I said, that was 0.5. And so actually cataloging, what am I feeling for me would be throughout my body. Then I think I could get to the emotion more than just yuck or ick what am I feeling? Am I scared? Am I embarrassed? You know, am I guilty? Whatever I'm feeling, you know, I just feel like if I know that about myself, then it's easier to nurture and be kind to myself because I understand more what I'm feeling. So as opposed to, you know, the pat on the head, it's like, you'll be okay. Yeah. So I hear you saying you can sort of have a sense of it being powerful. Yeah. And that applies to anything, right? Like in your job, the more information you have, the more powerful you are. It's true. Yes. And I do like that power. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm sure you know this. There can be 10 different things going on all at once, right? Like it's never just what is this suck? So it's this emotion. I'm feeling sad. It's probably 10 different things. Right. It can be as many different things as it is. But let's move on to equanimity. Yeah. That one, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Ah, 
<laughs> I love it when people don't know what equanimity is. So equanimity is the ability, the capacity to be with what is. So when we say just be present, that's what it is. That's one of the biggest things at play. Well, how do I just be present? Because my mind wants to go to what happened yesterday or an hour ago or to what might happen tomorrow. There's all this emotion. So how do I just be present? It's about recognizing or part of building equanimity is seeing that we have this ever-present sort of drive, if you will, to either hold on to things. Yes. So I really love this and I don't want it to change. I don't want you to leave. I don't want this ice cream to end. I don't want to have to get out of this cozy bed. On and on and on. We hold on or we push away. So I don't like this. This hurts. You're disgusting. You're offending me. This doesn't feel comfortable. It's hurting to lift these weights or to reach this period of my workout, whatever. There's this just constant pushing away. And so we're always in this dance of grabbing onto or holding on or pushing away. And equanimity is the skill of not needing things to be different, not needing things to change, not needing to hold on to things. The idea of the open hand, I can let things go including this person that I love. I don't need things to come to me. It's okay. I don't know if I've ever felt that. I feel like life is about going from holding on to pushing away. That's powerful. I've never, I've never heard that before. If I could wager a guess, I would say that what got touched on is I didn't know that was a possibility. And I don't know what that feels like. I, but I think that's peace. I think that's peace. I think one of the things I'm working on right now is just being okay with who I am, right? Totally. <sighs> yeah. So the, the mindfulness, the magic of the mindfulness is that knowing, that experience of knowing this will be okay comes out of a, an embodied practice that takes a lot of practice, but it's just sort of an ongoing practice. And once you sort of have the language and the tools, you can be practicing it all the time. But it's this embodied practice of experiencing, oh, yeah, I notice myself wanting to hold on to this, you know, or I notice myself wanting to push this away. For example, I'm sitting silently meditating and my butt is getting sore I want to get up and move so if I just practice what just happens if I just notice yeah I don't I hate this just dying to move I think I'm gonna explode but I just sit here then you sort of get this you know resiliency muscle around oh actually I can survive it Okay, I want to start so I don't forget, though, I want to give the caveat around equanimity that it's never about being okay with something that actually isn't tolerable. So it's not about not moving if you're going to hurt yourself because right. you're in pain. And right, it's not right. about, you know, not saying no to a relationship that's abusive or, or any bad situation. It's not about that. And it and it can be about, okay, let's Let's see how much we can bear while we make things change, which I think is such a beautiful way to be looking at 
how we are with the horror of the world, right? It's not going to change overnight. So how, what skills do I want to be able to have to bear the discomfort and the misery in the meantime? Thank you so much for this. This was incredible. You're welcome. I'm really excited to hear any reflections that come to you. You guys, I love learning new things and could have redone that interview with Kara, but I don't know, it just felt really natural. And I wanted to share that with you that sure, I create the podcast and I share what I've learned with you guys. But this one was me learning and I loved every minute of it. I love how Kara made it easy for three takeaways because you know me, I like my stuff. Concentration, sensory clarity and equanimity. And so I don't know about you, but I'm going to be working on those over the next few months. I'll put a link to Kara's website in the show notes. She's a really neat lady, and I'm so grateful that she was okay with me sharing this with you. All right, you guys, remember, when you have a choice, choose happy. Have a good one, and go get your happy on. What's this step called again? Sensory clarity. Sensory clarity, yeah. Thank you for saying that, because that just feels like I just got a parenting gold star. For sure. Take the gold star. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it feels really good. Like, you're good at this. (laughs) Hey, this is just a quick reminder. If you know anyone that that could use more happiness in their life, please share the podcast with them. The whole point of doing this is to create more happiness in the world. And the more people we empower to find their personal happiness, the more happiness we have to spread around. So please take a minute and share the episode.